Galatians 2.20, we've been in a series called uh, Alive with Christ. This is our, our, our seventh part, I believe. Galatians 2.20 said, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Uh, the New Living Translation says, My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So it says, My old self has been crucified with Christ. And then he said, Christ lives in me. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. In the Amplified Classic, it says, I have been crucified with Christ. In him I have shared his crucifixion. It is no longer I who live, but Christ, the Messiah, lives in me. And the life that I now live in the body, I live by faith in, by adherence to and reliance on, and complete trust in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Praise God. Glory to God. So it says, if we go back to, um, can we go back to the New King James Version? It says, I have been crucified with Christ. So we're, we've been focusing, uh, and this all goes together, on that, we are alive with Christ. Here it says, I have been crucified with Christ. So our old man has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. He lives in me. We, and then it says, the life which I now live in the flesh. So we are in the flesh, we are in the body. But I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. But that first part says, I have been crucified with Christ. I have been crucified with Christ. And that part I want to focus on <clears throat> to some degree tonight. If you turn over to Romans, we're going to spend some time in Romans. <clears throat> Romans 6. Romans 6. Romans 6, verse 1. It says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so also we also should walk in newness of life. Now before we go on, so we're going to read uh, some of these verses uh, 
in this area, in this chapter. And I want you to notice what it's saying about us. That we died to sin, but we live and we, we walk according to what Christ has done in us. What we read in Galatians, that Christ, we've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Now, he, he's saying some things here, and Paul writing this, is saying some things here about our association with those things that would tempt us. Last week, we, we spent some time talking about the fact that you will not be tempted beyond what you can bear. We're gonna, we may say some more about that in a bit, but we're not going to uh, talk about that. We were over in um, 1 Corinthians 10. We're not going to turn there now. But I, I want to uh, focus on this part, that we, our old person, is in fact, has a certain relationship with sin now, and it is that we are dead to it. And we're going to read some scriptures to that effect. Let's go back to verse 1. It says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? We've been crucified with Christ. Here it says we died to sin. Do you not know that it, uh, as many of us were baptized into Christ Jesus, were also baptized into His death? Therefore we were buried with Him through baptism into death. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. So you see the contrast. We've died, but now we're alive. We've, been, we've died to sin, but now we should walk in newness of life. Romans uh, 6.5, let's go to the next verse. For if we have been united together in the likeness of His death, Right? It, it said in Galatians, we've been crucified with Christ. Here it says, we have been united together in the likeness of His death. Certainly we also shall be in the likeness of His resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with Him. Exactly what Galatians was saying. We were crucified with Christ. Our old man was crucified with Him, with Christ. That the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. And that's us. We, we have been crucified with Christ. Our old person was crucified with him. He who has died has been freed from sin. Now if we died with Christ, which we know we did, we just read scripture according to that, we believe that we also... We shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. Verse 11, likewise you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. It says, you also reckon yourselves to be dead, to sin, indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. In the New Living Translation, verse 11 says, you, so you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. 
says you should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. In the Passion Translation, it says, So let it be the same way with you, since you are now joined with Him. You must continually view yourselves as dead and unresponsive to sin's appeal while living daily for God's pleasure in union with Jesus, the Anointed One. Amen. Let's look at that verse again. So let it be the same with you, since you are now joined with Him. Are you joined with Him? Now, we've spent some time on that, but it, we're, we're headed. We've been building, going in a certain direction. We have been joined with Christ. We are in union with Him. We talked about that. Christ is in us. We're alive with Him. So we are in union with Jesus. So we are now, since you are now joined with Him, you must continually view yourselves as dead and unresponsive to sin's appeal while living daily for God's pleasure in union with Jesus, the Anointed One. So we are, we are to consider ourselves to be dead to the power of sin. We are to reckon ourselves dead to sin. We are to view ourselves as dead and unresponsive to sin. Sin has no power over the Christian. Now your natural, unrenewed mind may say, well, just think about your past. But just because we may have acted a certain way does not mean there's actually power over us. It means we yielded to something that gave sin power over us. But in reality, we are dead to it. The Bible says we're dead to the power of sin. The Bible says here we're dead and unresponsive to sin's appeal. Consider yourself dead to sin's power. It has no power of, over us if we get aware of what is the reality that Christ is in us, that our old man has been crucified, that that man is dead. And that Christ in us allows us to, to, to live this life in power, in union with Him. Jesus does not have a problem sinning. He has never sinned. Otherwise, everything is done. He is in us. We are in union with Him. He was crucified. Our old nature, our old man was crucified with Him. So we're not supposed to walk according to that old man. We're supposed to walk in newness of life. We're supposed to walk alive to God through what Jesus has done and in union with Him. Now we've spoken, we, we've read scripture that we have, thanks be to God, who always gives us the victory. We read it in the offering, you know, if God is with us, who can be against us? We talked about last week that we won't be tempted beyond what we can bear. We ha can have victory over every challenge that would tempt us to sin. Sin is missing the mark. Sin is is violating light. 
is violating God's word, is violating what we know better to do. The law of love. If you get out of love, you're getting into sin. Well, we as Christians have authority. It's not something that we need to look at as like, oh, it's so hard to attain. I wonder, I mean, if I could only just, yeah, that sounds great, but I just can't do it. See, that's agreeing with natural thinking, not agreeing with the Word. The Word says we're dead to sin. The Word says we're dead to it. It has no power over us. None. Praise God. Let me ask you a question. If I were to, it, not I, were, I I'm not going to say I would, I, would, I would do this. If there were, in this room, because I don't, I, don't, I don't have access to a dead body, but if there were a casket up here, and let's say we were, you know, somebody had gone on to be with the Lord, and they're a Christian, but their body is up here. Let's, let's say we're at a funeral, and up in the front, you know, you're, you're having the service, and over to the side is this, this casket, and the person is in there. Or let's, you know, let's say at this point in the service it was still open, or it was pre, and so the person is there. Let's say it's open, and, the, you know, the person's lying there, the, the uh, body is there, okay? We know they're not there. But the, the, the individual, their body is dead. You could bring any temptation by that body. Let's say that person, you know, loved to eat a certain type of food. You could bring it by them, and they, they loved, let's say, you know, in the past, they, they would be very tempted to, to just go way past overeating and just, just stuff their face. You know, go, go past what is normal, and they just, they're into where, you know, they're in complete gluttony. You could bring their favorite food and lots of it and bring it right by them and their response would be nothing <laughs> because they're dead right it, it doesn't matter how good it smells you know the front row could be falling out because it smells so good uh, everybody is just ready to get done with the service or whatever and leave and go to lunch but, but this person, zero response. You can put it right up to their nose and nothing. Nothing. You know, if this person, you know, it, 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 let's say they, they had a temptation to, you know, let's say they were a man and they had a temptation to, to look at a woman when she had a really good outfit on or something, you could, you could bring a hundred women pass that casket, and what's the reaction going to be? None. Dead. Nothing. Zero. No reaction whatsoever, right? Because he's dead. I mean, it doesn't matter. The, the, the person's absolutely not going to have any reaction. So what is our case is that, is that we are dead to sin. We need to, the Bible says we need to reckon ourselves, we need to consider ourselves in that same fashion that sin, a temptation to do something that we know we ought not to do. 
whatever it may be, can come and tempt us, but if we know what the Word says, that we are actually dead to it, we can start to realize my reaction is the same as this person's. That doesn't affect me. I'm dead to it. Now that takes mind renewal. If you think, oh no, this is just too hard. No, we're not believing the Bible. Number one, we have been crucified with Christ and we are dead to, dead to sin. Number two, we have Christ in us and we're alive with Him. So not only is your old man dead, you have the risen Christ. The Spirit of the living God is inside of you to help you overcome and to help you walk in this life. If we'll realize that, we will understand that we don't have to ever yield to anything that presents itself to get us out of the will of God, to distract us, to get us off. We can say, I'm dead to it. It does not affect me. Now, temptation is not the same as yielding. And we talked about that last week. You can be tempted. Just because, you see, some people get confused. They have a thought. Some thought goes across their mind and they think, oh, well, you know, I messed up. No, you can't stop, like, like uh, you know, Brother Hagin used to say, you can't stop a bird from flying over your head, but you can stop him from building a nest in your hair. And you can't stop a thought from crossing your mind, but you can stop it from sitting there and you can stop from just thinking about it and meditating on it. You realize if, if a thought comes by and it's something that is ungodly and not, not anything that you want to have anything to do with, we can cast it out and say, no, I don't, I, I'm not going to have any part in that. I'm not going to think on that. And we can put it out. But we can also just entertain it and just think on it. And if you start turning it over, that makes it easier and easier to think on it more. And that will lead to acting on it. But if we will guard our mind and if something comes by, we say, no, no, that's, that's below me. I am a child of God. I, I am not going to spend one second, one minute on this earth wasting my time doing things that are not going to glorify God, not going to help me. I want to run my race with God. That is a waste of my time. That's beneath me. I am alive with Christ. I, I'm dead to all that stuff. I'm going on. See, when we start to think like that and agree with the Bible, then what used to maybe pull on us will lose its grip. It takes, we need to agree with what the Word of God says. Let's go further in Romans. So Romans 6.11 says, You should also consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Verse 12 in the New Living Translation. It says, Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Now notice the language. Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Well, if you had no choice, it would not be worded like this. Do not let sin control you the way you live means you have a choice whether you're going to do it or not. Do not give in to sinful desires. Anything that would tempt us away from God falls into this category. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Because we are dead to it. 
Instead, give yourselves completely to God, for you were dead, but now you have new life. Your old man's dead, but you have new life with God. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Well then, since God's grace, verse 15, has set us free from the law, does that mean we can go on sinning? Of course not. Don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Now notice that verse. Verse 16. Don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? What does it say? You become a slave of whatever you choose to obey. Whatever we yield to, that has influence over us. But we have a choice. We have a choice. In other words, the temptation can come. But if we realize we are dead to sin, I'm dead to it. See, it's a choice whether we're going to believe that or not. It's a choice whether we're going to let the Word of God be the authority in our life or whether we're going to say, I just can't help it. That's not true. Now, we focused a lot about the, part that, the, the fact that we wouldn't be tempted beyond what we could bear last week. We do not have to yield to sin. When we yield to something, we put ourselves under. We are actually saying, I can't help it. I, uh, that basically, that thing has authority over me. And so we become its slave. You become the slaves of what you choose to obey. But what if we choose not to obey? What if we choose to agree with God? What if we choose to say, I'm dead to that. The Bible says I'm dead to sin. So I am going to believe the Bible and you, whatever it is, whatever the, the temptation is, whatever the sin that maybe uh, that we yielded to in the past, I'm not going to yield to you. I will not. And by the power of God within me, I can overcome. I am dead to you. You have no authority over me. I, and like we read in these previous verses, I'm not going to yield my body to sin. I'm going to yield my body as an instrument of righteousness. It's a choice. There are many choices throughout the day. See, people have made it this thing where, oh, it's just, you, you know, you, you just... You have to do good, you have to do good, you have to do right, and boy, you have to stay away from these things and do these things, and oh, uh, you know, some, you just sometimes, you know, you just, you can't help it, but you're doing the best you can, and, you know, God's not pleased with you, but it's just, they, 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 they set it up in their, their, their minds like this game and make it about whether they sinned or not, as if it's like a, you know, they're keeping score, rather than we are children of Almighty God, we have been crucified with Christ, we are dead to that junk, and I have union with the living God, 
and I can overcome whatever comes my way, including any temptation, including any sin, and I have a mission, and I'm not going to be distracted from that mission. See, it makes it a different thing. If you think you're just biding time here on the earth, and well, you know, man, that really looks fun to do. Ah, well, what the heck, I'm going to go ahead and do this. It's not what I'm supposed to do, but I yield myself to that because after all, you know, I'm just, just trying to get through life. That mentality is a lot different than I am here on a mission, and I will not be deterred from my mission. And this is not part of what I'm here for. And I don't care what the pleasure is for a short time. If it distracts from what I'm supposed to be doing, I am not going to yield to it. I'm not going to get off track. I am going to run my race for the glory of God, and I will commit myself to Him. That has to go. That I am not going to yield to. I will only yield to Him. The, the vision of knowing who we are and knowing where we're going helps us to stand in the power of God to put off things that would tempt us. But we, it's a choice. We could choose just as easily to say, ah, well, it doesn't matter. But as soon as we do that, if we yield to something that is not godly, we actually put ourselves under it and make it our master. You can be doing really well and have put thing off and put, put it off. And you just say no. The moment you say, eh, and you decide to yield, it's not just that. It comes in and it will try to grab a hold of you. And if you yield again, it, see what Satan does is try to get a hook in your flesh so that he can lead you. This is what we read, that you become slave to what you choose to obey. You know, how many people have been fishing before? Fishing for fish, anybody? Some of you haven't, really? Well, when you're fishing, I mean, if you're, you know, depends on what type of fishing, but you are trying to get the fish to bite your hook, but it's disguised as something that they want. And they may, you know, depending on what you're doing, you may let them nibble, may let them go. And with different types of fish, you may let them run with the bait for a while. And they think they have it, and they think it's theirs, and you're not just jerk. you're not setting the hook yet. You're letting them get it to where it's a prime time to set the hook, and then you pull it, you, you pull the, the rod back, set that hook, and that fish is now hooked where they thought they had something to go eat. They are hooked, and now you're reeling them in. That's what Satan does. You know, people play with things thinking, oh, it's okay. He is trying to become our master. He wants to take us, get a hook in our flesh, so that he can lead us and just drag us around with it. And that he, he wants to be our master and us to be the slave. And that's exactly what the verse is saying. You become a slave of what you choose to obey. If we rank ourselves under and say, well, I just can't help it, we are setting ourselves up to be moved by that thing. And that's no place for a child of God. We are, we are above that. As a child of God, we have, we have been made dead to any of those temptations. If we'll realize God inside of us and that we have the power and then in fact, we have been made dead to it, then we can look it in the face and say, no, 
No. I have, I have been made a child of God, and I will not yield to you. I will not yield to you. By the power of God, by Christ, and Christ in us, the Spirit of God in us will help us to do that. Everything we're reading here, we have the power to do. Otherwise, God is unjust. He, can, he will not tell you, you do this when you can't do it. The moment we say we can't do it is the moment we yield ourselves as slaves to whatever's pushing on, on our, put, uh, pushing our buttons. Verse 16 again, Don't you realize that you become the slaves of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Thank God. Once, once you were slaves of sin, but now you wholeheartedly obey this teaching, which we have given you. Now you are free from your slavery to sin, and you have become slaves to righteous living. Deuteronomy 30.15, don't take time to, to turn there, but we can put it up on the screen. Deuteronomy 30.15, it says, See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil, and that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in His ways and to keep His commandments, His statutes and His judgments, that you may live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land which you go to possess. But if your heart turns away so that you do not hear and you are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I announce to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not prolong your days in the land which you have crossed, which you cross over the Jordan to go and to possess. Verse 19, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, what? Choose life that both you and your descendants may live. Choose life. God said here, and this is to unrenewed, spiritually dead people, He told them, I've given you life and death. He said, follow the Lord your God, that you would have life. I've given you both of them. I, I have put, it's put before you, heaven and earth are witnesses that you have the ability to choose which direction you're going to go. And then He says, choose life. We have the ability to choose life. We have the ability to yield ourselves to God and to be free from anything that would bind us. Anything that tries to put us under and to lead our lives aside from God, that is not God's will. We are not, we are not to be bound and led by anything but the Lord. And Satan he wants to be the master. He wants to lord it over humanity. And he does over non-Christians. When we become a Christian, his authority over us is broken. But the fact is, he does not want Christians to know that he has no authority. He's a liar, he's a deceiver, he's a con, and he tries to get you to believe, yeah, you may be a Christian, but you're still, you're still bound by this. Only if we believe it, and only if we choose to stay there. But he actually doesn't have any authority. He will put pressure on your flesh, but if we realize what we're talking about here, wait a minute, my flesh, 
I'm dead to sin. I don't care what I did in the, bat, in the past. That doesn't have a hold on me. And God is in me to help me to live for Him. So not only do, am I dead to the thing that's bad, I'm alive to God and He'll help me. So I have momentum going in the right direction. I do not have to yield, ever. Any step toward yielding to Satan, is he is trying to make uh, himself the Lord of our life. And he sets things up to try to get us to yield to him. Why? So he can lead us into his plan for our life. Into his ways. And he does not care about any person. He is evil. He's wicked. He treats the people that work for him the best like trash. People will go all out for him and then they're dead at an early age. Because following Satan, following sin, leads to death, period. And for the child of God, it, it has no hold on us if we'll, if we'll realize it. Let's continue in Romans. Let's hook up with where, let's go back to 16 and then we'll, we'll read through. Continue on. Don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Thank God once, once you were slaves to sin, but now you wholeheartedly obey this teaching we have given you. Now you are free from your slavery to sin, and you have become slaves to righteous living. Do you realize we can yield ourselves so much to God that, I mean, he, He's not going to override our free will, but we get so trained to where we just want to live right. We just want to do the right thing. And if we realize doing the wrong thing, that's going to hurt. I don't want to do that. Why do I want, it's like just taking a hammer and you know, beating your thumb with it. Why, why would I just do that on purpose? It hurts. Anybody ever hit your thumb or finger with a hammer? It really hurts. Now, why would I do that on purpose? A, a sane person, person that doesn't want to, you know, feel pain just because they're mad at themselves, a sane person is not going to just do that. And so when, if, if we realize, just from a, purely practical point of view. I'm not going to follow. I'm not going to follow something that would be simple. It's going to hurt. But we can actually become so used to following God that it's as if we're slaves to, to Him, although we have a free will. Verse 20, when you were slaves to sin, you were free from the obligation to do right. And what was the result? You are now ashamed of the things you used to do, things that end in eternal doom, but you are now free from the power of sin. Everybody say, free from the power of sin. Every, everybody say, dead to sin. See, we, sin does not have any hold on us. This is the same way it is with Satan in every area. He only has authority that we've given him as Christians. Period. He has no authority of his own. In other words, he cannot make us do anything. You know, even people that become absolutely demon-possessed, they yielded to Satan. Satan can't just jump on somebody and possess them. He can't do that. He doesn't have authority to do it. You don't have to be scared of the devil. 
The de- if the devil's so big and bad and could just take you out, why didn't he do it already? Yeah. He can't. He's got to get, he has to get our consent in our life. He, the only authority he has for the Christian is for us to, when we yield to him. If we don't yield to him, he cannot just push us around. And he is a very, very bad master. So we don't want to give him any ground. Verse 22 says, But now you are free from the power of sin and have become slaves of God. Now you do those things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. The wages of sin is what? It's death. The wages of sin is death. We don't want anything to do with it. We don't want, any, we don't want to play with it in any way, shape, or form. The, 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 the truth is we have freedom from it. See, some people get the idea, and they, we, they started out the chapter, Paul started out the chapter and said, what? So since we're under grace, should we, should we sin? He said, no. God, it says, God forbid. Certainly not. Why? How stupid can you get? You're going to yield yourself to, to death, to the devil? And see, um, sometimes people get in the ditch on one end. They start to think, well, it's okay. God still loves me. Yeah, he loves you. You're being destroyed, though. If somebody, you know, you parents, if your child doesn't do the right thing, you love them, but you don't want them bound with something that's going to destroy them, do you? Oh, well, I still love you. And if they say, well, you know, you love me, so it's okay, right? You'll forgive me. I'll forgive you. You might just have taken 20 years off your life. You might just spend the next 40 years in jail. Is that, it's not about God loving us. God loves us. He'll forgive us. Why would I want to mess with something that, number one, I'm dead to, that has no power over me, and when I yield, it's going to take me and entrap me and enslave me and give me death? Why would I want to mess with that? When God has such a good plan for me. So we don't want to be trapped in the, ooh, I, you know, I got to stay away from sin. I got to stay away from sin because you know it's bad. Get away from that to where I am running to something going, God has all this for me. Why would I want to mess with that? That is stupid. I'm not going to mess with that. That's beneath me as a child of God. I'm going here. There is strength in that. People put this into practice in the natural. When, when an athlete or is training or somebody that's just, you know, uh, disciplining themselves for a business reason, they're putting all their focus on, on something, you know, in the business realm or whatever, there are distractions all the time, but those distractions aren't worth it because they have a goal. Even in the natural people do this. They will put up with environments that are hostile and... and um, temptation around them to do things, but they are focused, so all that stuff goes away. Soldiers will will go through hell on earth because they have a goal, but they're not going to get distracted because they have a mission. Well, we as Christians have been given the strength and the ability to put off any of these things that would try to enslave us, and we have the power to overcome. God, through Jesus Christ, in us, has given us the power to overcome and avoid 
the wages of sin, which is death. The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. He has so much, you know, his plan is so much better, so much greater. And when we meditate on that and think of where, where he's bringing us, all the good things, all the greatness of God, all the, the, the mighty plans he has for us, the appeal of some temporary pleasure or temporary deviation from his plan becomes so shallow, small, distant. Glory to God. He has a way for us to run and these things just to bounce off us, just to fall off us, just to be like, nope, dead to that. Nope, don't want any death. Nope, not going to be your slave. Nope, God is my master. I'm going forward. Nope, that's, beyond, that's below me. I'm a child of God. That, I'm a king's kid. I don't mess with that stuff. I stay up here. I run. Glory to God. Amen.